0: Welcome, I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are Knee Deep in Tech. This is episode 71, recorded on the 30th of April, 1919. Well, nobody noticed. 2019. Wake we, up, we,
1: guys. We, 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 we did, but we know that you're stuck in the past.
0: Oh. You know, that makes so much sense. Back when I was young. <laughs> uh,
1: I was younger than you, 1919. Let's stop.
0: Well, stop you were that. not younger than I was in 1919 no that's that's correct you know it depends the, do you, you know what the first slide that i showed in stockholm for the the ignite tour was
1: i think you told me and it. it's a it was something that i haven't never seen in real life uh-huh
0: i showed my audience a picture of an five and a quarter inch floppy disk oh and okay. ask, how many of you guys have ever seen one of these and surprisingly more than half of my audience well, enough. Enough.
1: Yeah. Which says a lot about data people.
0: Data people, okay, <laughs> well, well, it's a good point, actually, because data people tend to be slightly older, in their 30s, 40s, or 50s, or thereabouts. There are surprisingly few data people at a young age.
1: But, but I would say, and I'm trying to save my own skin now, mm-hmm. uh, that it comes from that you need knowledge. Like, you need to have some experience to actually understand data and the value of data.
0: Can I smash? Because yeah. you just... <laughs>
1: yes, go ahead.
0: Exactly, Simon. Exactly. So that's why you're working with Modern Workplace. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. And, right. Correct. So there have been some interesting announcements. Yep. Related
1: the... to Modern Workplace. No surprise.
0: True. I'm just going to go through a, a few very, very quickies, because otherwise they're going to be trampled underneath the more interesting and important stuff. First of all, (laughs) are you old enough guys to know what Cray computer is?
2: Yes, yeah.
0: So there is now the Cray cluster store service in Azure. So you can Mm -hmm. run Cray computers and high performance computing workloads in Azure in in, um, working with Cray. That's kind of cool. That's cool. One small, small thing that is actually huge when you start to think of it it is now possible to move a recovery vault.
2: Ooh, oh, that's, a, that's good news.
0: It is great news because it's, uh, it's one of these uh, meh blockers. You could not move it between uh, subscriptions and stuff like that. Now that has been uh, fixed. That's a great thing. Also, when you put in the Parvia gateway, it is possible to skip testing the connection. Say, for instance, you have a connection to something that it is not available right now. Yep or you are behind a firewall that misbehaves when it comes to testing. It's going to work the other way around, but it's not going to work with testing. Previously, you couldn't do it. You just could not get that data source. You
1: you needed to have everything in order for it to actually work.
0: Exactly. Now you can put it in and just say, skip testing. I know what I'm doing. And provided you do know what you're doing, it's going to work just fine. So those were the quickies that I have. What do you have? Yeah, I actually have
1: something really quick. That oh. I noticed previously, and I would like to hear, we discussed it just briefly, NetApp claims that they have the fastest storage in the public cloud with their Azure NetApp files. Really? Yeah. And my thought about that, that I haven't looked into it in detail, you get all the other NetApp goodies, uh-huh. but would, there, would NetApp be able to, say that you have, a, what's the name of it, those... Um, Um, ridiculously fast ssds ultra ssds SSDs. yeah would NetApp be able to speed that up even more
0: no i highly doubt that yeah
1: so so obviously it depends on what you count and how you count it but i still think it's rather cool that NetApp which makes on-prem hardware now have the NetApp files service and claims to be the fastest in the public cloud.
0: And and now I'm I'm completely guessing my ass off and that is that NetApp is very fast at file storage. Yep. Not necessarily as fast when it comes to block storage, but that's a whole different story. And file storage in Azure isn't that great to be mm. honest. The experience is not that great. So I could imagine easily imagine that a NetApp filer would be quicker for some yep. file storage workloads in Azure, but eh. But I it's, think it, it's an interesting claim and I would love to know what they mean by fast.
2: Yeah. Uh, does anyone have any experience with Azure File Sync as of yet?
0: No, not o- yet. Only in the lab. Yeah.
2: I okay. Had. I haven't tried it in the lab either yet, but I, that is on my to-do list actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to see how that performs in like real life, so to speak.
0: And that's because it is still a caching technology, yeah.
2: so you should get fast access.
0: Keyword being should. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's going to be interesting to see what latency and uh, distances and especially um Cold
2: data in this case would be very interesting to see how yes. it performs.
0: Yeah. Especially when it comes to spikes and not being able to put a um a QoS, unless you have the express route, of course. But then again, and very I few think th- do.
1: that that entire That entire technology, in a way, I I don't know if it makes sense, because shouldn't you want... So so you will basically use... The best use case, as I can see, would be to have archived data or less frequently accessed data in the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. But would you then want to pay for that in the cloud?
0: Well, basically, storage in the cloud, especially cold storage in the cloud, is nigh on dirt cheap. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and we we're talking cents, yeah. so I don't think that the, the storage price in this case is going to matter at all. No? Okay. And I also think it's going to be way cheaper and more performant and more uh, secure to put stuff in the cloud than in, as opposed to, to have a disk rack yeah. back home.
1: And it would then be interesting to see if you could combine Azure File Sync with NetApp technologies if you use NetApp on-prem and NetApp in the cloud.
0: Why, or any would, other... why would you want to? Because you have synchronization stuff in NetApp to do exactly that.
1: Yeah, but that, that's, that's my point. Would you have any performance benefits? Would you have any integration benefits? Oh. Would you have any kind of benefits where NetApp could take care of things that Azure File Sync perhaps don't take I think we need to of?
0: talk to someone who really knows NetApp, and especially NetApp in Azure. So I'll I'll put that on the list and see if we can
1: find one of those. And and that would be the case for any storage vendor. Yeah. Yeah. R- because they also need to look into hybrid regardless if you're NetApp or EMC Dell, yeah, whatever. Hitachi, whatever. Sure.
0: Good point. Let's let's follow up.
1: Yeah. Speaking about latency, mm-hmm. we have I wouldn't perhaps call it a scoop. No. But it, no, it's
0: but it's neither a scoop nor a hundred
1: percent confirmed. Yes, exactly. Does a scoop ever needs to be confirmed?
0: You know, I think so. Yes, but that's <laughs> the difference between a proper journalistic newspaper and just a reality. don't mention name, please. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: everyone knows who we're talking about, yes. anyway. So, so uh, but there was some kind of something went wrong. Yeah, someone posted something they shouldn't have posted on a Microsoft <laughs> Docs site. Mm uh this saturday during the global just before the global azure Bootcamp, which the, was yeah. rather the, the convenient. irony is,
0: is yep. cool.
1: so we can now hopefully see that we will get two azure data centers in sweden sweden central and sweden south we haven't been able to confirm if it's real azure data centers or if it's backup data centers the
0: the um... The text on GitHub specifically said backup and recovery data centers, BCDRs. Yeah. But maybe it's real data centers, yeah. or maybe it's fake data centers.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be, and now I'm really getting into the deep part of the pool, fake Azure must be the old German Azure?
0: I would not say that's a fake, <laughs> not, not more than the Chinese Azure is a fake Azure. Now that's I'm supposed that's, to crawl move, even move deeper. Move along, so, moving on. on. Well, still so, considering
2: it, that AVS is actually uh, creating data centers in Sweden, so that wouldn't be too far of a fetch for Microsoft to do the same. Well, just to make sure that it, it Amazon doesn't steal the customers in Sweden locally.
0: And, you know, I've, I've been giving that a lot of thought. And these, these are my own thoughts and ideas. Yes, it makes sense, especially with AWS. But I can't see any point for Microsoft to put up a data center in Sweden just because AWS is here. No. Unless they find some commitments from big companies. And there are a few very big Swedish companies. So if they are willing to foot the bill in the same way as AWS got other companies to foot the bill, then that's a whole different story. And then it doesn't matter if it's Sweden or Jamaica, no, I th- if there is a customer that is willing to go in with money, yeah. Microsoft will build you a data Yeah, site. or
1: enough of a customer base. Yeah, sure. sure. And it's the same if, if you look at... Th- this is a good one. If you look at BrewDog, they do the exact same thing. If they have enough...
0: Does BrewDog have any data centers?
1: Uh, no, but their hotel is called the Dog House. Uh, so <laughs> if you have enough stock or shareholders inside of a city, like we do in North Shipping they will open a pub there because they want to reward and ensure that they have a stable customer base where they already have shareholders. It's the same with Azure.
0: Did you just use BrewDog as a metaphor for Azure? There are so many very good reasons
1: why, I would say. I like it. Um, So I think it's the same with Azure. Any country where it would make sense for Microsoft or where customers are interested enough to foot the bill for the data centers, it makes sense for them to open one. Sure. There's no downside of it if they have a commitment for a number of years. And they could close it if they don't need it and just move the containers away. Not the virtual containers, but the actual containers.
0: Sure. Sure. That, that, that's an interesting observation. They could shutter a data center.
1: Yeah. and That's what they've done in Germany. They moved them to new ones. And w- I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with the UK data centers.
0: I would if say Brexit, absolutely nothing.
1: No, because they will need their own data centers. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. But, I mean, yeah. look at look at Norway. Yeah. There, there's still going to be, oh, and this is a hard one to, to say to the Brits, <laughs> there are still going to be enough customers in Britain even after they leave the EU. Yeah. Maybe they can hold only one data center. <laughs> exactly. Oh, poor souls.
2: So then we can take those <clears throat> containers and just ship them over to, to Sweden, Sweden, ah. South.
0: Oh, but so then we get they... a second-hand data center. Yeah. <laughs> Hand-me-down data center. With wrong keyboard layouts. Oh, oh that's the worst. No. <laughs> we'll an only be allowed to run entire, UK servers. An entire Azure data center with the wrong keyboard layout.
1: But it better get, to get the, they at least have QWERTY in the UK. As opposed to Germany. And France.
0: Asserty.
2: Asserty.
1: Yeah, would uh, that mean an asserty no, 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 no. data center? Asserty. data centers.
2: And how will billing go with pounds?
0: <laughs> oh, you're evil. Are man. you
1: paying for pounds of servers or pounds as British pounds? Can we please move on to the actual, real, big news item? Yes, please.
0: What the the small announcement with VMware?
1: I would say that this is probably. And I may exaggerate now, but this—no, so, yeah. no, this is one of the most important announcements that Microsoft will make this year. Mm-hmm. So, in short, Dell, Microsoft, and <laughs> VMware by Dell proxy uh, just entered or expanded, as they call it, uh, their partnership. And we all remember the. Um, Quite interesting story where Microsoft supported VMware workloads on Azure. You could get virtual, and you could also get actual VMware running on physical servers in Azure data centers. VMware didn't approve, approve, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, And it it all ended up being... marketing i i would say that that was a huge marketing mistake from the vmware side yeah i'd I'd have to agree yeah but now they are all friends again i would say a lot thanks to dell probably might be might be and therefore we'll now see new capabilities across vmware and microsoft workloads and clouds and services
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So things they mentioned, I think the the best thing, we had a discussion with a customer yesterday that runs VMware in their data center mm-hmm. and that it could be a bit complicated to actually automate and manage things across their on-prem data center and the cloud due to the lack of management tools that can manage both.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now we will see, I would say VMware tools, not the actual VMware tools, but VMware consoles, being able to manage both on-prem VMware resources, as well as Azure resources. And I think you had a very good point and actually a question I received several times with Windows Admin Center and third-party tools.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, This is actually pretty much the first thing that I thought about uh, when I first saw Project Honolulu on day one. Um, as soon as they mentioned that it uh, will support extensions, uh, so uh, my first thought was, okay, could we please get this uh, the vCenter uh, software integrated in Admin Center? And of course, that has not happened yet uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, <clears throat> now, since this cooperation is uh, uh, up and running, uh, we might actually see that one
0: day. Ah, uh, question: Is it possible to manage Hyper-V Manager yep. through? It is. You don't
2: need any extensions for that. It's built in.
0: All right. It's native. Cool. So something similar to that. Yeah. For VMware. For that VMware. Would mean, that would may... be cool.
2: Yeah, that would be very good, and especially since my personal opinion is that uh, VMware's management tools today are pretty bad, actually. Uh, the web, web console thingy that you can, uh, browse to. So that still I, requires I like Java like or Flash, that. right? I think it's might be Flash actually. That's still. Why, what? Yes. And even worse is it has like an HTML5 console connection thingy, which works terribly. Okay. And if you want to have <clears throat> somewhat of a nicer experience, you'd need to download the uh, VMware remote console, I think. And of course, you can't do that unless you go to their website and register for an account. You have to be registered and logged in just to be able to download this free little tool. And that's oh. just incredibly annoying. That sounds like Cisco
1: yeah it's just incredibly (laughs) annoying yeah and i think that also would help customers doing the hybrid migrations because if if like you said the last episode a lot of things in windows admin center is also about making the process of setting up things and making that hybrid data center work so if you could by a press of a button just migrate your vmware native server to a service or a server inside of azure Again, from Windows Admin Center, you can use Azure Migrate for that. Mm-hmm. But that would be a great way to do it. And you, if you also could move things back, that would make things even
0: cooler. Yeah, but you could do all this with, um, ah, what's the you know, tool? Azure Migrate. No, I'm not thinking of Azure Migrate. I'm thinking of... Bladespin? Um, no, there is something else. Uh, uh, recoup- USB disks. <laughs> <laughs> USB floppy disks. <laughs> that would be awesome. No, but the the uh, site recovery manager.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that that's a part of admin center. Yep. Yeah. So already done then. Sure. Um, so that's one thing. They will also <laughs> you can now get VMware Cloud verified on Azure. So Azure VMware solutions uh, will allow users to run native VMware based workloads on Azure. So you can run, manage, secure applications across VMware environments and Microsoft Azure with a common operating framework. Uh, so customers will be able to capitalize on their existing VMware investments, skills, and tools, including VMware, vSphere, vSAN, NSX, and vCenter.
0: Whoa, vSAN.
1: Yeah, So v- and, and NSX is their network virtualization, yep, yep. right? And that's, as far as I'm aware, is not available in Azure.
0: No, so, it, so network is,
1: virtualization as such.
0: No, true. Oh, this is going to be very interesting. I'm thinking maybe this will be a separate ecosystem. Like a walled garden. And that kind of kills off some of the that the, defeats the purpose. In a well, yes and no. Yeah. Um, in a way it does, but it's also it, it could be a stepping stone. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. Yeah. And moving on uh oh wait don't forget about
2: horizon as well
1: yeah yeah exactly so we, we'll get to that but wait this is um so i'm reading from the article again this is the microsoft article VMware workloads on azure can be easily modernized via integrations with a broad range of azure services such as azure active directory azure ai and iot enabling new intelligence experiences Customers can also take advantage of unmatched Azure pricing and benefits from Windows Server and SQL Server hosted on Azure VMware Solutions including Azure hybrid benefits and free extended security updates.
0: I don't get it.
1: I interpret this that in the way that you didn't. I don't see this as a separate ecosystem or a walled garden. No. And I also see this that you could potentially keep running like Microsoft intended that you can still run your servers on VMware, on Azure, and still get the benefits of running it natively on Azure.
0: Yeah, but what I mean is, either you put your stuff on VMware on Azure, then you get access to VSAN and then VNX or NXS, something, 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 virtual network. VMware eggs. VMware eggs that's a new tool <laughs> goes very well together with mVP leaks <laughs> anyways, or where's my can, bacon? or you can use the uh, the already existing Azure tools yeah and if you can move between them, that's a whole different story, and we'll see where we end up again yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see yep
1: yeah. and vMware one of the things I was really impressed by when I did business development for. Workplace in general mm-hmm. was the amazing proposal that VMware have with Workspace One. I'm obviously a Microsoft branded person. A bit. Um, I still see that Microsoft three hundred and sixty five excels over uh, Workspace One in many perspectives. But I think the if you choose to go the VMware route, that's a very very strong proposal that you get in workspace one mm. that would now also be integrated with microsoft 365 so you will get integrations with azure Active directory premium you will get more integrations with uh, enterprise mobility and security you will get like tony said horizon integration with windows virtual desktop
0: horizon
1: and that's something i wasn't expecting at all cool which means that this This now means that Microsoft, VMware, and Citrix all supports Windows Virtual Desktop in Azure. Yep. So you can choose your management layer, you can choose your hybrid solutions, you can choose your everything, and it will work just brilliantly. And you get the security benefits, you get the identity benefits with your Workspace ONE (coughs) solution. So it would seem. So I think this is... This is huge, and I, I'm really looking forward to see if this is actually getting put into practice and, and getting used. Does um, it say
0: anything about availability?
1: For Win for uh, VMware integration with Windows Virtual Desktop, end of calendar year 2019.
0: Okay,
1: I can't see any other. I that think that
0: would be uh, July, right?
1: no calendar year calendar year right right uh, i did see i think that was in uh, dell or vmware's blog that they they are really close to rolling this out in the us data centers so the the um, infrastructure parts is fairly close to getting rolled out in the, in the us
0: cool yeah quite interesting indeed yeah it is a pretty huge
2: announcement actually
0: yeah a pretty huge announcement, he says. Yep. And I'm
1: wondering, like, they are mentioning AI, they are mentioning IoT. I didn't know that VMware had solutions for they that. They don't. They
0: don't. No, yeah. not, not as far as I'm aware. But I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, just letting an AI into your, your storage solution, for instance, yep. could do wonders for intelligent tiering.
1: That's actually a very, very good use case for it. Or maybe
0: it's trying to shoot mosquitoes with a cannon, because a full-blown AI cloud sorting through (laughs) your files. Well, we'll see. But maybe
1: wouldn't that be a very good combo with Cloud Sync, for or File Sync? Like if it understands that yeah these these people these are are
0: not the files you're looking for. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) But if if this tool understands that these people works in finance which is something that Microsoft fairly easily could tell you about a certain yeah. user and that they then would see that they reside in this country where they usually do their um, payments at this point in time and mm-hmm. they probably need access to this on hot storage that would mean that you would get access to your files before you didn't before you knew you needed them and have them on hot storage so it, it's not a good it's not
0: a bad no it's not a good idea <laughs> no it's not it's not a bad thought and it's no, not, it not it, it
1: depends on how much it would cost yeah. to get that optimization yeah,
0: yeah sure so I've, I've been I've been looking at something in our our one out here. ADF has migrated to PTA in a hurry. <laughs> what does it mean uh,
2: me. yeah well, uh, while you were off working doing some real work, uh, me and Simon had uh, been sitting here today and just uh, Trying to invite my account to the knee in tech stuff. That was not the problem uh, I want to make absolutely clear. No, but there was a problem with my ADFS. Exactly, uh, that's which, your problem. Which just decided this morning that I will not authenticate anyone anymore, so go screw yourself. Pretty much,
0: it, it basically upped and left. Uh, it yeah,
2: it never woke up from the, this night's sleep or something.
1: I have no Which also says a bit about how legacy ADFS is, is.
2: Well,
0: no, it usually is, works good. Actually, <laughs> the question is, has it seen the latest Game of Thrones episode? Shh, I haven't. Probably not. It in... is called the Long Night for a reason. Oh, okay. Well, that might be the
1: reason then. Right. Yeah, I, I saw that Michael Gillette tweeted that this episode made more people than ever try to find the. Um, um, light on their
2: TVs to increase the brightness. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, error logs were stating that you know uh, your service principal name does not exist anymore. So this uh, I can't create the listeners to authenticate anymore. Anyone. Well, well, I had never had that issue before, but this morning it just decided that okay, this is what needs to be done. This is winter has come to it. ADFs. It has gone. Uh huh. So, instead of trying to fix that, because that machine has honestly had more problems than this (laughs) previously, it has been uh, with me for a long time. So, you took
0: it out the back and shot it in the head?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Let's not leak that. (sighs) (laughs) So, hence I wrote uh, in a hurry, in quotations. So, I went to the pass-through authentication instead, um, in a a hurry, so to say. also, I had to make a change uh, to the federated domain, of course, and make make it managed again. So it does not require a ADFS endpoint. Uh, so yeah, and uh, me and Simon was also talking about that this might actually be a good blog post since more and more users that are only using ADFS for Uh, 365 services uh, might as well use PTA instead.
1: Yeah, and I would say
2: there's if you're
1: only using ADFS for Office 365 and don't require smart cards, as an example,
2: then there's no reason to run ADFS. Yeah, well, not anymore. Not anymore, no, exactly. But then again, many users are actually using ADFS for a lot of things, not only Office 365 or Azure services.
1: But wouldn't there still be a good thing to migrate away from ADFS for Uh, for office 365 anyways and only use adfs where it's actually needed to get to to get um, uh, to get a way better high availability to
2: get a more simplified infrastructure well i'm not sure i actually agree with that because if you already have an adfs infrastructure in place why not just use that so you won't get like multiple dependencies on different types of connections yeah so you can just Collect everything in so your... So if those... If, if you already have it, yeah, if, that is. And if
1: ADFS goes down, you can't reach anything. Whereas if you had ADFS and that did go down and you had PDA for Office 365, you would still be able to do your sways.
2: Yeah, and usually if your ADFS goes down, uh, even if it is actually load balanced and highly available, uh, then you would have a bigger issue and you could just change your federated to managed and use password hash Yeah. in the meanwhile. Yeah, and that's something that everyone should
1: do. Synchronize your password hashes
2: now. Yeah, well, anyone, should, everybody should do that anyways, just yeah. because you get the added security in Azure. Yeah. But if you knew, I actually asked this at the System
1: Center user group uh, a month ago, where we had 160 people in the room. We had three people that had a real high availability, uh, a high availability solution for ADFS. We only had like a handful that even had two ADFS servers and two maps. Ouch. Exactly. So people don't understand how vital that part of the infrastructure actually is.
0: I'm going to throw in a stupid question. If you do not synchronize your password hash and your ADFS goes down, then are you, winter are you shit out of luck.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Then you are. Then you are shit out of luck. Then so you, you won't be able to log in because there is no password stored in Azure AD. So then you need to have a break even glass if account. you
0: turn it on to managed. It won't matter because you don't have...
2: You don't have the actual password. So sure, you can make it managed and then manually go and reset every password in the domain. Sure, that
0: should work. Well, that sounds like (laughs) great fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a weekend. what are you doing in the weekends? (laughs) Well, I'm very happy you asked. So basically, you're welcome to Shit Creek. Yep. (laughs) And on that bombshell, (laughs) I think actually it is time to end this week's show. Will we be back next week? Yes, I think so. I do think so. Simon is thinking, and while he is thinking and uh, pushing buttons, we will be back. Yes, we will. Next week. Catch you then. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.